Turn with me to the book of Matthew, my favorite book of the Bible, by the way. All right. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. You're going to laugh later on the way home because you'll be like, oh, I got it. I get it now. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 5. As you're turning there, if you have the Bible app, feel free to turn there as well. Or not turn there, but open that app. How about that? And uh, you can, I'm going to do the same right now, actually. And you can find all the notes on the Bible app and uh, take notes yourself. All of that is right there. You know, for those that were here last week, man, what a powerful time we had last week around these altars. Amen. I don't know if you picked up a rock last week. Hopefully you didn't throw it at anyone. You know, that's not what that was intended about. If you hear last week, you picked up a rock. You're supposed to go to that person if, if the Lord led you and say, I forgive you, not say, Pastor Matt said I could throw this rock. I said you could throw it into a river or a stream or skip it, but man, I hope you didn't throw it at someone. But really, I just want to encourage you, if you were here last week and if you picked up a rock and whatever you wrote on that rock, whatever you've decided, whatever, whatever Holy Spirit has led you to do with that, you know, I want to encourage you to be obedient in that thing. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, be obedient. Parents, if you've got kids next to you, this was your opportunity to look at your kids and say, the pastor, you heard him say, be obedient. You know, be obedient to the thing that God is telling you to do with that rock. Amen. So there are no rocks today. I do have a couple other things. I got some Legos, don't I, Holly? Let me, let me have those Legos so I don't forget to do something with that. Oh, you actually, yeah, you got a lot. You really did. You're literal. I shouldn't, I should be sure to tell you exactly what I want. All right, next time. Okay. Amen. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, as you're turning there, and as you're, as you're, hopefully you're already there, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and, you know, never be ashamed to go to the front of the Bible, you know, and, and kind of look at where it is. Some of us, especially if you're looking, if we ever preach out of the book of Job, right, the book of Job, if we ever preach out of the book of Job, you know, you're like, where's the book of Job, or some of those minor prophets, you know, Obadiah, some of those things like that, you know, don't be afraid to ever look up, you know, where the, you know, cheat sheets, it's okay. But we're starting a series today over the Lord's Prayer. And prayer is a pretty big deal. Would you agree? Say amen. I say all the time I preach better and shorter when I get big, fat amens here. Amen. All right. So, so would you agree that prayer is a big deal of the Christian life? Amen. It is. Yeah, prayer is a big deal. Um, we pray for a lot of things. Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes in praying I get confused about what to pray and what to ask for. Does anyone else, does that happen, ever happen to anyone else sometimes? You just, you're like, what should I ask for? Should I, you know, am, am I supposed to ask for this? Am I supposed to ask for that? Well, what's awesome about God's word is that he gives us the blueprint. He gives us what we need to, uh, to tell us exactly how to pray, what to pray for. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to find that out today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And he says, and when you pray... You are not to be as the hypocrites or the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners in order to be seen by men. He says, truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. And but when you pray, go into your inner room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will pray, will repay you. I just want to make a note here. What, what we do in secret, God rewards openly. Amen. I want to say to the dad and the mom in here, maybe you're praying for a teenage son or daughter. Keep praying. Keep praying. Grandparents, you're praying for a lost son or daughter. Keep praying. Look at your neighbor right now and say, keep praying. 
Come on, look at your other neighbor with some conviction and say, don't give up. For, for the couple in here, you're, you're struggling in your marriage and everything looks together when you come to church. Can I encourage you today to keep praying? For the man in here who is at work and he hates his job and he wants out and he's looking for a way out, can I encourage you today to keep praying? Can I also encourage you today as we, through this study, learn God's will? Sometimes God puts us in uncomfortable positions. Can anyone say amen to that? Yeah. A lot of us did. So a lot of us apparently are in comfortable positions. Keep praying. And he says, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you... Mind blown. Think about this. Jesus... Let me say it this way, church. If Jesus says it, don't you think we should listen to it? Is that fair? Okay, that's, I assume that was a fair assumption that I could assume that we all believe that, but I just kind of wanted to cast that out there. If Jesus says it, if you think that we should do what Jesus says, can you just say amen? All right. So Jesus is saying when you pray to God, not when you pray to me. Jesus isn't saying when you pray, you don't pray to me. He says you pray to God. And when you pray to God, he knows what you're about to ask for. That's pretty cool. Husbands, your wives know the same thing. They can read your minds. We can't read their minds, although they want us to. But the Lord says, the Father knows what you're about to ask for. So just ask. Come on, somebody. Just ask. A lot of us don't want to ask God because we're afraid that, that we've been so bad that there's no way that God would reward me with the thing that I'm asking for. Pastor Matt, if you just knew how evil I have been and the things that I've said or the thoughts that I've had or the life that I live, I couldn't ask God for a blessing because, you know what, him saving me was just enough and I don't feel right asking for anything else. And can I tell you, there is probably no greater than lie that the enemy can cast your way to tell you that being saved is, is just enough. That there are other things that come after salvation. There are more blessings from God, Amen. There are other things that your father wants to reward you with. It's not that once you get saved, he says, that's it. Congratulations. Someday you'll make it to heaven when you die. No, no, no. He says, you're now a part of my kingdom and everything that my kingdom has, I just opened the door to you and it's yours as well. And so God is telling his church today to ask. Look at your neighbor and say, ask him. So, he's, so Jesus says, when you pray to the father, he knows before you ask him. And then in verse 9, it says, pray this. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14 and 15 are great. If you want to read those later, you can. So I guess my question to you is, what does it look like when we pray? Is God hard of hearing? <laughs> you ever been around someone who prays really, really loud? And you're thinking, you know what? I don't think God's deaf. I think he can hear you. But some people think that they need to shout when they pray. You know, if I shout... God will hear me and he will answer. So therefore, I'm going to pray really, really loud. 
Now, there's some people that they want to whisper when they pray. And if I whisper and I'm pious, God will hear me. There's some people that think that if, you know what, I have to be kneeling to pray. God cannot hear me if I'm not kneeling. If I stand and pray, God cannot hear this. I'm standing and walking. He can't do two things at once. So I must kneel when I pray. There are some people that think you got to rock back and forth or side to side or, you know, kind of get all. And if I'm not going in some kind of crazy motion, God can't hear me. But nowhere in the Bible does it says to talk to God the Father that you must kneel, that you must rock, that you must shout, that you must talk quiet, that you must stand on your head or come to church. Church, do you know the good news is that we can talk to our God, our Father, anytime, anywhere, any place. Amen? That means when you're in the shower. That means when you're driving home and you're frustrated. Uh, that means when uh, you're in the hospital room. That means when you're at work on, in the cubicle or on the assembly line or wherever you work. You, you can talk to God anytime. Jesus made a way so that we don't have to come into a temple and have someone else talk to God for us. He says, now, because of my son, you can talk to me anytime you want. And you can bring things to me, the stuff of your heart. So how do we pray? What does prayer actually look like? And, 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 and are we, what are we supposed to pray for? I mean, are we supposed to pray to win the lottery? I'm just saying if you do, please tithe. Please, please tithe. I'm just going to throw that out there. He says, you have not because you have not. So I'm just asking. If you're scratching in your mind, just go ahead and send that tie this way. Am, am I supposed to pray that I win Publisher's Clearinghouse? Go ahead and keep on signing up for that, please. <laughs> if you actually win, that would be awesome, but let's say those chances are pretty slim. Keep signing up for it. I, I mean, are we supposed to ask for a new boat? You know, do we ask for a real boat and then God gives us a Lego boat, you know? Are we supposed to ask for a new motorcycle, a new car, a new home, new stuff? So, so questions I want to answer today are how do we pray, what do we pray for, and who do we pray to? And then when you think about that, in, in our church, our belief is in the Trinity. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is Theology 101. It's on our website, but let me just give it to you here. We believe in the Trinity. We believe that, that if you were to, if you will, glance into heaven... Well, Holy Spirit's here on earth with us. But if you were at some point able to see all three distinct beings of, of the Lord, I don't want to say people because God is not a person like us, but you would see God the Father, the original Godfather. You know, I'm God the Father. You would see God the Father. You would see his son, Jesus Christ, who the Bible says that is sitting right now at the hand of the Father or at the right hand of the Father. And then when Jesus left this earth, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Now look at your neighbor and say, are you still with him? All right, because we're talking about prayer, trust me. And so, how do we pray, what do we pray for, and who do we pray to? I think if we can answer some of these questions, it'll help us in our prayer life. I don't know about you, but I can honestly tell you, there are times when I'm praying, and I don't know what to pray for. I, I'm not sure what the right answer is. Anybody else ever felt like that? You know, it, it, it's one of those things where it could go either way. Like, either way, you might be fine with something, but you just don't know how to really pray. You just, man, God, do I pray for this or do I pray for that? You know, e either way it went, I guess I would be happy with it. I guess I would be okay with it. So how do I really pray? Who do I pray to and, and how do I pray? 
Do I have to pray in a church? And, and, and what am I supposed to ask? And who am I supposed to ask? For me, when I think about prayer, it's, it's getting the basics down first. So these are some of my son's Legos. Now, my son is a man after my own heart in that um, when he sees a box full of stuff, he takes the instruction and goes, Whew. that's the first thing to go. The, the instructions are ejected immediately. Shredder, never to be seen of again. Anybody else like that? You're brave enough to admit that. Awesome. Every, just about the men's hands went up. I didn't see any women do that. It's a, somewhat of a man thing. But not all men are this way. But they put the instructions in there for a reason because they're saying, you know, what, what you bought in the box and the picture on the box, if you follow the instructions, that's what you'll get, Right? So at one time, and I'm wishing now, looking back, I would have super glued all this together because it was an awesome cruise ship or a police, uh, police like interceptor ship. But I didn't, and it now has become a catch-all for tanks and people and motorcycles and other stuff. But when we're building Legos, when we're building stuff at our house, especially these things that get really, really intricate, you know, I'm, I am looking at the instructions and I'm trying to figure out, and, and parents, if, if, if I have parents in here today and you've ever put Legos together, let's just say that these test your patience and your faith. Amen. Come on, somebody. You're just like, oh, I'm going to bless these in the name of Jesus right against that wall. <laughs> Honey, get the kids out of the room. I'm going to toss these things <laughs> and pray for them. You know, and everything's so small. So you're fumbling around, but, but to, but if, when we bought this police interceptor boat, we saw it. He saw it in the store, and he says, "Dad, I want that." So we got this for for Christmas, right? And and uh, or Santa, or whoever it is, you know. So we got this for Christmas, and we're looking on the box, and uh, he says, "That, Dad, that's what I want. I want that thing in my house, right?" He sees a picture of it. I want this police interceptor boat. You know, move it around in the pool or the bathtub, whatever it looks like, and that's what I want. So we we got this for him for Christmas, or Santa, whoever he got. All right, so we got this, and um, and so. He's looking at it, and so we put it together, and it's the thing. Once it was assembled, it was the thing that he was asking for, right? He said, I want this specific thing. And so when we came home, I pulled the instructions out, and I put it together exactly as it told me to. And when it was done, he had the very thing that he asked for. It was there, like tangible to him. It was no longer something that he wished for or that he wanted. It actually was now in his possession and became the very thing that he wanted. I'm telling you that in God's kingdom, there are desires of our heart that we're looking at the shelf and we're saying, dad, I want that. Come on, somebody. You're saying, Dad, I want a better marriage. Can I have that off the shelf? Dad, I want, I want a better career, something that where I can be used with the talents that you've given me. So put me in that place. Dad, I want that. I want a family that serves God. I want a husband that, that will lead our family. I want a wife that will come beside me and support me. Whatever it is that you're looking on the shelf of life today, and you're saying, Dad, I want that for my life. God says, all right, when I give it to you, don't eject the instructions. Oh, that was good. You just missed it. Come on, somebody. He says, when I give it to you, don't, don't take the instructions to go, Whew. I'll just make whatever I want to make. And then my question to you is, how well has that worked out so far? 
And so often God brings us blessings in our life and he literally places them in our hands and we take his word, we take prayer, we just go, and I'll just do whatever my mind thinks is creative. And then we're right back in the same place. As believers, when God gives us blessings, we pull out his word and we say, God, and through prayers we're talking about today, we come before him and we say, Lord, I thank you for what you have given me. Come on, somebody. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my career. Thank you for the stuff that you are giving me, what I'm asking for. Thank you. You know, my kids, when they open stuff up, you know what dad wants to hear? Thank you. Come on, I'm just telling you real. In my house and at Christmas time, I want to thank you. It wasn't their money. It was dad's money that bought it. You know, your kids probably think just the world just comes, just you, they snap and it happens, right? Food is there, everything happens. But the parents know we're out there grinding and working and slay, you know, doing everything that we've got to do to do what we want, to get the stuff that, that our kids want. So when we get something, we want to hear thank you. And so often God is blessing us and he's giving as we're praying and as we're talking to him, he's restoring, he, he's, he's recreating the things that we've torn up, he's giving to us. And, and, and never once do we stop to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I encourage you and challenge you when you pray today, because we're talking and leading off this series as we're talking about prayer. So, so I believe that you're going to go home and pray later or maybe in the car or whatever. But, but as you pray, before you start asking would you just start this way today? God, thank you. Thank you. Because he already knows what you're going to ask for. But what if you were just to thank him for the stuff that you already have? You know what, God? You know, it's, it's not exactly as I want it, but I thank you that I still have my mind right now. I, I thank you that I have a home, or I thank you that I have a car. Yeah, it's not the Bentley that I want to drive around, or, you know, when we were in L.A., we saw Bentleys everywhere and Lamborghinis. I'm like, where do these, what do these people work? What do they do? Like, you know. But when I got home and I got my truck with the rip seat, I was like, Lord, thank you for this truck, amen? It's getting me from point A to point B. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Just thank him for what he's got, for what you've got right now. Lord, thank you that you sent Jesus. That's a good place to start. Thank you that you sent your son to the cross to die for me. If I haven't thanked you for anything else, let me thank you for that. Amen. So we thank God. And, and when we come before him, so Jesus is looking at his peeps. He's looking at his people and he's telling them, listen, when you pray, pray this way. And this is how he starts the prayer off. Not by asking, not by soliciting God, none of that. He says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. He says, our Father. Look at your neighbor and say, he's your dad. Now, these are the words of Christ. Christ doesn't say, when you pray to God, you're to say, oh, dear God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. He doesn't say that. He says to call him father. Now, for some of you, this may be a radical thought. You say, Pastor Matt, I grew up in a church where you would never call God father. He's God. But I'm telling you, you agreed with me earlier that if Jesus says that we should do it, and Jesus says that we can call him father. We can call him father. And I don't know about you, but that changes the dynamic of my relationship with him. Is he still God? Is he still sovereign? Is he still holy? Absolutely. A resounding yes to all of those. But, but Jesus makes it really personal. And he says, now you can call him 
father. You can call him dad. And so he says, our father. And everyone looking at Jesus saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's your father. And Jesus saying, no, no, no. He's our father. He's not just my father. He's your father. He's your father. Look at your neighbor and say, he's your dad too. Doesn't that change the dynamic of the relationship you have with God? He's not some God and some deity way far, far away in universe and universe and universe away. And he sits on his throne and we can't touch him. We can't look at him. We can't. Well, yeah, yeah, all those things are true in that he's not here on this earth, that he's looking over and watching us. But it changes the dynamic of the way I look at him now. He's not just the ruler and the authority, but he's also the giver of all good things. So what you see on the shelf today of life, the thing that your heart is crying out to do today, I'm telling you to start asking for it. Amen? Start asking your dad for that stuff. So Jesus says, our God, our Father who is in heaven, he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. I, I want to share this with you. That, that, that when, you, when you, we really start looking at the word hallow, it means, it means a couple of things. It means to be sacred. It means to consecrate. Um, but even further, he says, when he says, hallowed be your name, he's saying to consecrate, to sanctify, you know, it's consecrated, it's, it's set apart, if you will. But also the word hallowed, hallowed or hallow, however it's translated or however you're reading it in your, your word, uh, in the original Hebrew, check this out, it's translated, it's translated to have fellowship with. Okay. But when you look at the word fellowship and what it really means is, it means it's a heart thing. Like you're coming into agreement with whatever you have fellowship with. So if I am fellowship with the world, then that is what is hallow with me. That's my sacred thing. I can't be in fellowship with both God and the world. It doesn't work that way. See, I don't get to live however I want to live and jack my life up and say, God, can you come back and bless all this mess? We don't get to do that with God. We don't get to just go off and make every choice and make every decision we want to make and say, all right, God, can you come behind and just bless everything that I just messed up? It doesn't work that way with him. He's not going to bless your mess just because you want to live the way you want to live. Asking God for, for things that we want, the desires of our heart, does not give us a free pass to live however we want to live. This is the instructions part. This is where we take his word and we say, God, what does your word say about this? Am I living in contrary, in contrary, am I living contrary to your word? Am I, am I living in contradiction to your word? He says, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I told you there are three questions that I wanted to, to, to settle today. First of all, how do we pray? Literally, when you are praying, what does it look like? Can I tell you that there are no rules and regulations when you pray? They're, they're just not. You know, in the Old Testament, when we talk about the temple, there was a process they had to do to get into the Holy of Holies. And I believe there's a mirror of that today that when we come before God, that we should come before him with thanksgiving in our heart. Absolutely. But there are some moments that are crunch time. As a pastor, I, I get a unique window into sometimes tragic events. When someone's in the hospital and they're passing away or an emergency scene or whatever it looks like. Some of our peace officers in here, they're in these, these situations sometimes where you don't have time to do hard. You, you feel like you have time to pray. You know when it's the 11th hour kind of prayer? And I don't know if you've ever been backed into a corner like I have, but there's been some kind of 11th hour prayers. And what I mean by that is that, that 
you just, you just started praying. You just dove right into the deep end of life, and you just started praying. And it was like do or die kind of stuff. So, when, so how do we pray? You can pray at church. In fact, in a few moments, I'm going to invite everyone to come and pray. So you can pray at church. When you're in your car and you're frustrated or maybe you and your spouse have had a fight and, and you know in your heart you're supposed to make the situation right, you're supposed to rectify it, but, but your flesh is saying, you know what, just be bitter. And it was her fault or it was his fault. And you don't have to apologize for their stuff. That's on them. They should be the one apologizing. That sounds a lot like the devil to me. But you just want to pray in your car or, or sometimes you're alone in your house or your cubicle, the assembly line or wherever you work or however you work. You're on an airplane or you're, well, you're traveling somewhere or you're in a restaurant by yourself. You're with someone else and you're saying, man, what do, how do I pray? How do I pray? You just pray. You just pray. He knows what we're about to ask him. So, so look at your neighbor and say, just pray. What do we ask for? What are we supposed to ask for? If you're in a, if you're in a, in, if you're ever in a uh, situation church where you're confused and you're wondering, what do I pray? What do I pray here? Can I tell you, get God's word out and start reading it out loud. Read his words back to him. If I'm confused about situations and if I'm with someone and, and I, in my own knowledge and my own education, I don't know what to pray. I'll say, you know what? Let's jump to God's word. Let's see, we would, see, let's see what he has to say about this situation. What does his word have to say? Let's study it. Let's pray his word. Let's pray his will. Because we'll learn in a few weeks, he says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So the way you want it to be done, we want it to be done here too. In order, in peace, the right way. So we pray God's will. We pray his word back to him. His word will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do and be successful in what it was sent to do. Amen? That's his word. So we pray his word back to him. How do we pray? What do we pray? Who do we pray to? We have the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So when you pray, you say, Pastor Matt, I'm confused. I've got God. I've got Jesus who died on the cross. And then I've got the Holy Spirit who's here on this earth with me. Who, who do I pray to when I pray to? When I pray, Jesus tells us. We pray to God the Father. We pray to God. When we pray, we say, God, we say, Father, he's the one that gives all good things. Jesus granted us that access to him. Jesus is the one that made a way for us to pray to God and have access to him. And then he fulfills it. And then we're praying how I pray when I pray for people. Or if I pray for you today or you've heard me pray, when I pray, I'll say dad or I'll say God or I'll say father, whatever, however I'm praying. And then I pray in the name of Jesus. Right, I pray through the through his the name of his son, and then through the power of the Holy Spirit working on earth, he begins to do the things that he needs to do in our lives. Does that make sense? See, the devil wants us to think that talking to God is difficult and, and complicated, so that we don't do it. But it's not. It's not. It's not church. He just is saying to us today. He's beckoning us and he's calling us. Stop just praying over your meals. Like, really come to me and pray. Really break away from the world. Really carve out some time in your schedule to pray with me, to meet with me, to talk with me. That was what he's after, amen? Stand with your feet today all across this place. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we just, I just pray over this moment. Lord, those that came up to the front, Lord, for prayer, for whether a physical touch or for a financial need or for a blessing in their home, whatever it looked like. We pray to you, to the God of all things, because all things are possible to him who believes. Lord, there's nothing that we set before you that alarms you or alerts you 
or makes you stumble or quiver or shake or panic. God, everything that we bring to you, you are more than able to do exceedingly abundantly according to Ephesians 3.20, God. You can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And we thank you. Let our faith arise today. Lord, we destroy every doubt, every fear, and we let our faith arise today that what we bring to you, the desires of our heart, that you will, as a good God, give us the things that we ask for. Thank you, Lord, as we pray according to your will, as we pray according to your word. Heal everybody that needs to be healed. Right every wrong today in this place. Touch every financial need, every sickness, every disease in the body. Do what only you can do through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, amen. So one last time, just give God a praise today.